The world around us is changing rapidly, and your job as a fundraiser or nonprofit marketer is evolving with it. We're Pursuant. We're built by fundraisers for fundraisers, and we've been in your shoes. So we want to bring you tips and tools that you can use to meet you where you are in your current reality and help you go beyond to where you really want to go. You're tuned in to a Pursuant listening experience. Hello, hello, podcast listeners. This is Taylor Shanklin with the Pursuant team. Excited about this episode where I am sitting down with Jenna Jamison from the One Cause team. And we talked about their latest study on social donors. So you know all of those people who are giving to you online through your peer-to-peer or your Facebook fundraising. What drives loyalty in those social donors? And what did the One Cause team find out when they sat down to study their behaviors? This is what Jenna and I get into. Now, be sure to subscribe to us in your favorite podcast player. We are on Apple iTunes. We are on Google Play, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you get all of the latest and greatest Go Beyond episodes delivered right to your phone so you can see us when we pop up. All right. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, podcast listeners. We are here today with my good friend over at One Cause, the one and only Jenna Jamison. Hey, Jenna, how are you? Hey, Taylor. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's so good to talk to you. I'm really excited about this topic. You and your team at One Cause, what was it? The end of last year, I think, end of 2018, right? Yep, in December 2018. Cool. You released this study on social donors. And I think it was really one of the first of its kind in looking at how people are giving online in this social donor landscape that's new to a lot of us. So let's talk a little bit about what that world is. Tell me a little bit, Jenna, about the study and who social donors are. This is like a whole new category of donors. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, whenever we were kind of looking at, at the landscape of data that's been out there for nonprofits, we really felt like there was kind of this gap in, in what we're calling social donors, you know, those who give in more social settings. So think, you know, a fundraising event um, online for a peer to peer campaign, maybe someone's birthday or memorial, like their, their connection to the nonprofit is really unique. And so we thought, like, let's go out and do a survey that really understands their motivations better. Like, what is motivating these type of donors to give? And then are there different ways that they like to be engaged with afterwards to eventually lead to more conversion with them, right? I think when we think of a traditional peer-to-peer donor, we think, man, those folks are really hard to retain. And so this is a group that we were really interested to learn more about. So the way that we kind of went out for the research this year was we surveyed a little over a thousand social donors. And to be qualified for it, you had to have given to a nonprofit in the last 12 months in one of three ways. So the first could be maybe you attended a ticketed fundraising event, you may have sponsored someone in a run, walk, or ride, or you may have given to a peer-to-peer campaign. So something like a a virtual challenge or a birthday campaign, something like that. So you basically are qualified for the study based on how you've engaged with a nonprofit in the last 12 months. 
And the way we like to do our research is make sure that we get a good census representation so that you can kind of take this and apply it to the larger population. So we set quotas for things like generations, income, different regions in the U.S. to really get a really good sample size. We partner with a group called Edge Research. They're really great out of D.C. They do a lot of research for nonprofits looking at their own data. And so they're a great partner whenever we were going to go out and and do something like this. But I'll tell you, what's been really interesting is just titling it Social Donor Study, because I think a lot of people haven't really thought of this subset of donors and how they engage more socially with a nonprofit than maybe your traditional annual fund donor. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think is interesting too, the title. And I'm glad you went there because I was wanting to go there next. So I think traditionally people think of this method of giving as peer-to-peer fundraising, but we are seeing it evolve into so much more with the rise of Facebook fundraising and you know, when you really think about the term social donors, it's the fact that it's friends going out and asking friends and family for support of a cause that they care about. So it's this very social network driven way of giving. So I'm glad that you tapped into that. So Jenna, let's talk a little bit about some of the giving behavior that you found and were able to uncover in doing this research. What were some of the highlights of the study that you found that were maybe even eye-opening to you and you weren't expecting? Yeah, I I think just to kind of start things off, I think it's really important to think of like, who are these social donors and, and how are they giving at this point, right? So if we look at the data and what it told us, it's like nearly 40% of them are first-time donors for an organization. So, you know, that, that kind of goes back to their original connection typically is through a friend, family member, or colleague, right? That's the number one way that they're hearing about a giving opportunity. So when we talk about the importance of peer influence of this group, it's, it's the top, right? So thinking, you know, majority are potentially first-time donors for an org, they're coming through a friend or family member. What we're seeing is that there's a mix of them giving both online and offline. I think, of course, we're seeing online continuing to rise just like all fundraising streams are seeing. But I think the most interesting part to me of the findings here is that when we looked at the motivators, like what actually motivates these donors to give, it was three things. So it's ease, mission, and impact. And when we say ease, it was like the number one thing that actually impacts their decision to give is how easy is that giving experience, right? So if these are first-time donors, if these are people that only know about your cause through a friend or family member, and then they get to your donation site and they don't know what to do, or it's really clunky, or it's not really clear where the money's going, they're going to abandon. And so I think that just kind of put and shined a light a little bit more on, on the importance of that giving experience, because it's key to these folks that don't have that deeper connection to your mission. I think maybe one other thing that I did want to call out here is, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but this whole idea about retaining these donors. And, you know, the good part is that, you know, they're not super familiar with your your organization, but they're willing to donate. But then there's a lot of education that has to happen afterwards to keep them around. You know, the things that they care about are, you know, things of like understanding where the, what happens with their donation, the impact of that donation. And then is there some way that you could maybe keep a connection with that person that brought them in throughout it, right? So if we know they're coming through a friend or family member, how do you continue to remind them of that social connection? You know, is the thank you for the gift coming through that friend or family member? Or is that friend or family member then sharing a personal story about their connection with the mission as you're showing the impact of that dollar? And then eventually, if you're asking for an additional gift, is that coming again through that family connection? I think it's it's a way to think 
about, you know, peer-to-peer fundraising, not just as a single campaign, but more of a year-long strategy to continue to build a connection with a donor. Yeah, I'm glad that you said on that because that's one of the things that's interesting about this type of giving. And it's always the the million-dollar question that organizations have is, how do I convert my peer-to-peer donors to come back and give again, right? So I want to call out, I'm looking at the study, and I want to call out some some stats from this in terms of that impact on conversion, people to come back. So you guys asked which will impact your decision to give again. Now, this is among those who are very likely to give again. 59% of people surveyed said that they wanted to feel like my donation makes a difference. So the impact, right? And and you touched upon that. 43% answered because I enjoyed the event. So those are like event donors. 42% said the process of donating was positive and easy. And I want to come back to that one. 41% said the event inspired me. 32% said the organization informed me of the impact. So that kind of ties back to that, you know, feeling like my donation makes a difference. And 31% said the organization properly thanked me. Let's dig into that 42%. You mentioned this, Jenna, the process of donating being positive and easy. I certainly think that that first impression you make has to make a difference in whether or not people are going to want to give again if they start to hear from you again. What are some of the ways you guys have seen organizations you work with be successful to create that positive online donation experience? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think the the thing that we always lead with is, is actually going through your donation experience as a first-time donor and thinking of, of these, this donor group, this persona specifically in mind and going through those, those steps, right? So when you land on the landing page, thinking through the eyes of someone that doesn't understand your mission, doesn't probably have a connection with your mission at this point, you know, what are the key things that are important to them? And, and I would go back to some of the other points that we touched on, which is the importance of impact. So being really clearly defining the impact of someone's gift for a specific campaign is, is core, right? So when you're going through that experience, how can you highlight that impact? Is it something that you're doing with your different donation levels? Is there ways to pull in some videos that, that give a face to the impact, right, that you're having? I think those are all things that, that are really important. But I think, you know, as far as we think of ease and making it positive, it's, it's eliminating unnecessary clicks, unnecessary questions thinking of how can you make giving the most simple thing that someone does. We've kind of had this analogy going around, and I'm sure this is something that you've always experienced, but it should be as easy as purchasing paper towels on Amazon, right? Like it's something that it just should be so smooth and easy. It's, you know, as simplified clicks as you can. You can, you are going to probably get some level of information, but there's a lot of that information that we can hold off on getting from folks that maybe you've been slamming into your your survey portion of your giving form that's really potentially impeding these folks that aren't really connected to your mission yet and don't really feel like, and that's probably going to get in the way of a guest, right? So it's very much about simplifying that experience. And I, I just to kind of end all of this on one thing, it's, it's really about going mobile, right? We know that mobile giving is on the rise. We know that mobile usage is surpassing what we're seeing on desktop and laptop. So more and more, we're, we're focused when we're talking to clients, we're talking to other people in the industry is how is your giving experience on the phone? 
right? Are you as simplified? Are you striving to match the giving experiences, the purchase experiences that they're used to in their lives? And I think that's where a lot of nonprofits are going to need to do is, is put themselves in their donor's shoes and, and not just stick with what they've always had. Like look for opportunities to improve because we know that it'll have a big impact on not only attracting and, and securing an initial gift, but also retaining them because that experience is the last touch point they have with you. And if it's a really negative one that they struggle to get through, you're less likely to be able to retain that donor. Totally. Yeah. Really good points there. So going back to, let's tap into something that you said about not asking too many questions. I think it's about asking the right questions too. So, so many times we get to these forms, a friend asks us to support them in their birthday fundraiser or the the bike race that they're doing or whatever it is. And then we get there and they're asking us for like, what's the name of your fifth cousin? I mean, I'm being dramatic on that, but seriously, sometimes the level of information being asked is a total turnoff. So, but what would it look like when you're thinking about how you craft the questions and the information you're asking for in terms of how you want to follow up? So instead of asking for all of this biographical data, how about you instead ask, hey, what's motivating you to give this gift today with a drop-down menu that's really simple because my friend asked me or I'm connected to the cause or whatever it is because that's going to help with your conversion down the road because you're going to be able to, as you said, send that thank you and you're going to be able to send a more meaningful thank you because you have information on the connection to why they're giving as opposed to, you know, knowing their fifth cousin's birth date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and and the impact they actually care about hearing about, right? I, I think that that's really key. Like donors will tell you how they want to continue and engage with you if you ask, right? Or if you use the data points to be able to segment and craft your follow-up based on that. So let's say maybe your donation form allows you to give to different funds, right? Are you making sure that you're segmenting your thank yous and your follow-ups based on those funds? Because clearly they cared specifically to to designate it to a specific fund. So that's probably what they have more of a connection on with. And that's what they care about hearing about the impact. So I think it's important to to not only, like you said, Taylor, like get the right information you can you can use, but then actually to use it, right? So I think sometimes you collect all that info and then it gets stuck in some system somewhere and we never actually use the data. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. So what other, I'm curious, Jenna, to know if there are any other surprising facts that you guys uncovered in doing this study in terms of just like aha moments you had or other information that you uncovered that helps to build that loyalty over time with these social donors? Yeah, I did want to just hit on that there is what we found, you know, great opportunity in retaining these social donors. I think, you know, anecdotally, we all believe that social donors, you know, folks that are coming to your fundraising events or or giving to your peer-to-peer campaigns, that they're just folks that are a lot harder, you know, to keep year after year. But what we saw is that, you know, about 54% said that they plan to give again in the next 12 months to that organization. So that's, you know, almost on par, if not a little bit higher than what the fundraising effectiveness project is saying on an annual basis. So we, there is opportunity there. And I think there's opportunity not only to just you know, retain them, but potentially 
convert them into loyal donors, you know, folks that are giving to you in a monthly or annual program. You know, we found about 28% of social donors that they would be willing to become a monthly donor, um, which I think is really, you know, positive opportunity for folks considering that, you know, this isn't necessarily a group that was originally connected with you or had a high percentage of folks that are also, you know, first-time donors. And so I think the key here is, is when you think about this group, it's thinking about that there is opportunity in creating relationships. Some of the times we focus on, you know, just getting that transaction done and then moving on. But uh, we see if, if you actually segment this group and you talk to social donors like social donors and you layer in their social connection and you layer in the impact that they care about, that you can build more of a connection to your mission and potentially even convert these folks into your next fundraiser for your, you know, your next participant and your next fundraising study. And so I think that when people enter into, you know, these sort of campaigns, thinking the long game as well, right? Thinking about the opportunity that is there. Going back to your question about anything surprising, I think there are a lot of the, the stuff that we found is kind of supporting, you know, maybe things that organizations have been trying or, or seeing some success with. I will say kind of just touching on the event side of things just for a moment. You know, whenever folks are planning fundraising events, you know, you spend your time on on different things. Maybe you're focused on the venue or you're thinking you need to have, you know, an open bar or dancing. You know, what we really found about, you know, what's important when it came to an event is is looking for opportunity to involve the community, you know, some level of compelling program. And the food is much more important to folks than maybe the open bar was a lot lower or having it be a formal high-end event. So like for what that tells us is that maybe there's a shift in how events are going to be planned in the future, maybe less of your really high-end formal galas and maybe more interesting community level events and maybe some more casual events are going to start sprouting up. I know that we, you know, personally see customers starting to have bowling events and bowlathons and and all these new things that are really creative and, and different ways to connect your mission that are bringing in a whole different group, you know, that maybe wasn't the group that's interested in, you know, dressing up in black tie and going to a dancing gala, right? So I think it's kind of ushering in this new way to think about how do we connect people to our mission in a way that's inviting and and has that social connection in there as well. Yeah, great point. It's that community building aspect. People want to connect with other people who also care about the same things, right? So how do you create that opportunity for them to do so through your events? I I think that's a great point. So I'm surprised by the 28% of social donors said they would be willing to become a monthly donor. That's huge. That's really big. I think that's awesome. So Folks listening, if you've got any sort of social fundraising program, peer-to-peer fundraising events, anything like that, keep that in mind when you are thinking about, hmm, what's the opportunity? Maybe people are more likely to want to give on a monthly basis than you would think to even ask them. The other thing I want to recap as we close out, Jenna, is what you said when you look at the motivators to give, you found these three things are what really stand out and propel people to give. It's number one, ease. How easy is the giving experience? Number two, it's the mission. And number three, it's the impact and feeling a part of that impact. 
So Jenna, thanks for joining today and sharing your thoughts on this. If people want to get in touch with you, want to find this study online, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, I would say just go to our website, onecause.com. We have a great resource center that has this study. We have an infographic with the data and a lot of other reports that kind of draft off of it. We love talking about the data. So if you guys have any questions or or want to follow up and think about what we should look at in our next report, please reach out because uh, we're really excited to bring this data to life. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks, Taylor. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in with us. Be sure to check out all of the latest and greatest Pursuant resources at Pursuant.com or drop us a line at info at Pursuant.com.